hello. I didn't see you there, Internet. Welcome to Updated Autopsy Report, a podcast from Yotsuben and Friends where we replay the entire Ace Attorney series with longtime fans and newcomers. I'm your host, Ben, and oh no, I'm about to be hit by a car! Ah! Oh, I'm dying. I can't do the intro. Damn. Oh, hello. Uh, move over. <laughs> hello. I didn't see you there, internet. Welcome to Updated Autopsy Report, a podcast from Yotsuben and friends where we, play, where we replay the entire Ace Attorney series with longtime fans and newcomers. I'm your host, Tiago, and with me today is Desi, a widower. Hello. hello. Oh, uh- <laughs> two dear friends of ours, Rose. Hi. And Ben! I'm, uh, I'm okay! I swear I'm okay! Uh, Today, we have all played the second case of Apollo Justice Ace Attorney Case 4-2 Turnabout Corner, in which our good friend, Phoenix Wright, gets hit in a hit and run at the very start of this game. <laughs> violently. Very violently. violently. Uh... <laughs> So yeah, this is the fine. second case. He was fine. It was honestly, considering how he was behaving, it was a very mild hit I and thought run. it was great because Did- Paulo was there. Did he fly <laughs> 30 feet in the air and hit his head on a pole? That's what he claims, yeah. He got he- better. <laughs> I don't like that we're back at this clinic. <laughs> yeah, we should It's a start- different clinic. It's a different it's clinic. But he's guy. still here. I... Gets, he shows up for five seconds, the and it's five seconds too much. The second worst character in all of Ace Attorney so far. The, who's the first worst character? <laughs> the guy who spoke in late speak, but was other, oh. otherwise, again, exact same character. Oh, the director. Yeah, but he spoke in late speak. Right. I thought it was, I thought it was the, the circus of pedophiles. I mean, that, Welcome that to the circus. So these two both cover that squarely, <laughs> but again, one of them speaks in late speak. <laughs> Understandable. Um, oh yeah, uh, dear so, viewer. Um, if you didn't know, we're we're going right into it. But um, that motherfucker, Hottie, Doctor Hottie, the pervert from the clinic, he's back. He's a doctor again. Yes, he shows up in the first half hour or so of this case. <laughs> I, I wanted to address him before continuing anything else. We 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 acknowledge that he's there. We're moving on. Yep. Setting that aside, Turnabout Corner is the second case of Apollo Justice Ace Attorney. And uh, it picks up uh, roughly two months after uh, the first case. Apollo is kind of, uh, he, he obviously he lost his job because his boss went to prison. <laughs> and oh. so he's been kind of uh, having not a great time. So he finally, in a moment of desperation, decides to visit Phoenix Wright's old office and take him up on his offer about possibly being a defense attorney for him. In which there he then meets Trucy, uh, who is Phoenix's daughter. Uh, there she reveals that this is not the uh, Phoenix Wright's law office anymore. This is now the Wright Anything Agency, where they're just a they're just a talent agency. They do a little bit of everything here, mainly magic though, because Trucy <laughs> Trucy's here, so it's mainly magic, um, magic performances. But also, you know, Phoenix, you know, he does he does piano performances. I don't know, maybe he plays for birthday parties on the side. Something like that. He doesn't play the piano at all. Uh, so, Trucy uh, says, well, hey, guess what? Um, my dad just got hit by a car. He's in the hospital. Would you 
come and uh, go visit him with me. And uh, Phoenix is like, yeah, please help me out and uh, find the guy who hit me. <laughs> and Apollo's like, are you paying me? And Phoenix is like, anyway, find the guy who hit me. <laughs> I So this is something that I want to talk about really quickly, because my instinct whenever I give, I'm given control in any moment is to go through every single piece of object in my evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, Trucy is 15 years old. Yes. Mm-hmm. Trucy is 15 years old. Trucy is 15 years old. This is This is something... a problem for so many reasons. This is a problem, but let's let's address what I think is the biggest problem. Mm-hmm. Um ignoring all the uh, other stuff. I just got a text message. Can you order it? Yeah, I'll do this later. And cut this out. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um or keep it in. I don't care. Um Phoenix Wright is 33 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're doing some simple math here, uh, that means if Phoenix Wright is the paternal father, he the biological father, eighteen he w- when Trucy was born, he he nutted at eighteen, and that's when Trucy existed. I'll I'll read Alleged- that allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. So already the theory gears inside my head are turning, and clearly I want to say that Trucy's an orphan, and Phoenix Wright adopted her. Um, otherwise. Phoenix had a child at 18. This game doesn't have a good track record of making things comfortable with children, so who knows? Are you telling me that Phoenix tried at age 18? What? He loves pearls. She's a child. Yeah. He's great with her. (laughs) Wait, I think we got our wires crossed here. I think Des was saying that the game isn't comfortable with children, not uh, Phoenix Wright himself. Oh, I was going to be like, yeah, no, Phoenix we were, is great yeah. with children. I'm actually yes. ready to throw down. The game itself. The game yeah. itself uh, has occasionally I, had some issues with younger <laughs> teens. So, like, yeah. Oh, there's no way Phoenix Wright had a kid when he was 18 years old. But also there's like three people who were hitting on a 16 year old at one point. So who can you trust? Who no one. Trust? So trust no one. I'm hoping that she's adopted. Um, mm-hmm. Thing number two, I love the office um, because I love magician aesthetics and shit like that. I love Showtime and shit like that. So, like, I don't know. I think Trucy's really cute. She's like a cool sidekick. I love. She's Trucy. really great, honestly. I I do. I'm I'm pro Trucy. I think she's a great uh, assistant uh, character. You know, who's following you around. Got good commentary, good bits with her. And uh, yeah, it's fun to see the right rights office in like a whole different light. And Charlie is still trucking away in the background there. You know, Trucy's been making sure that he gets watered. Mr. Charlie. She's taking care of her sibling. Yes. <laughs> I know. Um, Plants as old as her. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we we have to investigate the car accident that Phoenix was in. Is he also the one that gets us on to help uh, Mr. Eldune? Yes. Then when we come back to the to the right agency, uh, to the talent agency there, we meet Guy L. Dune, who runs L. Dune's Noodles, a noodle cart uh, that kind of travels around the area and uh, does the saltiest noodles known to man. And uh, Phoenix and Trucy, uh, you know, visit there quite a bit. Phoenix is a regular. So, of course, L. Dune comes to you guys to ask for help with his missing noodle cart. Uh, And then we get one last other third, like, little mini case here at the start, which is that 
Trucy says that somebody has stolen her panties. She tried to chase after the pervert, but lost sight of him as he got away. And uh, so you're everybody lays these problems at Apollo's feet and says, figure this out. <laughs> Apollo goes on to say several times, I'm not a detective. I'm an attorney. And they yeah. go, do some investigating. <laughs> it hit the uh, pavement, boy. I have to say the realism of feeling deeply frustrated in Apollo's shoes really does hit super hard. <laughs> I immediately connect with Apollo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's his inner monologue is also, I found very funny. And some of his dialogue uh, is very good because he's immediately given some very striking differences from Phoenix, right? Whereas Phoenix is a little, when you were playing as Phoenix, you have a little bit of this hapless, like, I guess I got to go along with this. And it's not like you don't go along with things as Apollo, but it feels way more like you're dragged along as Apollo because he's just like, no, absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> this yeah, he, man he, he actually ca- did go to law school and he did pass the bar to become a lawyer, not because yeah. he was chasing some stupid boy. Like, oh, he's yeah. actually here to legislate. <laughs> he's he's like, he's always biting back, kind of, like everybody. And everyone just goes, all right, do it anyway. And Paul is just like, all right, so the biting isn't working. <laughs> um, I, it's like a very small dog with, like, very baby teeth trying he, to snap at somebody. And they're just like, seriously. I love Apollo. I still think he's, like, he's supposed to be, like, kind of like a rabbit. Because whenever he gets that, like, shock face and his two front hair, like, goes forward, he looks like he's a little rabbit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, then you start investigating. So the first place generally that you head to, uh, I believe, is the Kataki Mansion, because that's where Phoenix was hit, just outside this mansion. And uh, you discover that uh, this mansion belongs to the Kataki family, which is a organized crime. It's the mob. Uh, and you meet uh, Little Plum Kataki, who is the matriarch of the family. And she uh, is awesome. She Honestly, fucking I think she's she's fucking great. Yo, <laughs> straight up, straight up, she can get it. All right, I love her. <laughs> she's happily she's married. She's got really good animations. She's, yeah, she's great. I love her. She's she has a sword in her broom. Fucking fantastic, um, absolutely. And superb. she and she messes with the kids the whole time. She messes with both Apollo and Trucy in different ways, uh, because Trucy is like, oh, I want to know everything about the mob. Tell me everything. And Apollo was like, Trucy, shut the fuck up, please. <laughs> it's shut the fuck up Friday. You don't talk to the mob. <laughs> and, and the mob's like, I love to talk, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Lil Plum, she's like, oh, that's great. I'll tell you everything. <laughs> and so she also mentions that uh, a pair of her panties got stolen as well. And uh, the listener, if you are hearing me say, like, panties getting stolen and you're like, huh, that feels a little weird. What what's going on here? This it did feel. Don't a worry. Little you weird. you were you were supposed to feel like this at first because there is a there is a bit coming. I still uh, feel a little weird. Yes, but I there, saw there's the a bit, joke. Co- I still don't love yeah. it. <laughs> there's I, a joke I, coming here. The joke is coming, but also like, can, can I be honest? I kind of wish the joke wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> um, this bit it works like once. And then it keeps getting referenced, and I'm like, oh, God, Jesus. Yeah, they, they do keep doing it. So we'll, we'll, we'll get, we're almost there. 
So then they get to uh, People Park, which is right across from the Kataki Mansion. People Park. I know. It's very <laughs> I, funny. I, I it's spent, a park made of people. I spent several minutes just laughing alone in my room every time I saw the words People Park. I saw it on the map. The further You get a little map, and Phoenix is like, here's where I was hit by the car. Go check that out for me. And you're like, fuck you. Um, and you go. <laughs> I, I, don't, I It may become clear throughout the course of this episode. Getting a little sick of your shit, Mr. Wright. Oh, <laughs> kind of tired of him already. Um, he's he's really plain, plain coy here I, uh, with everything. Yeah, but he's like, go he's get, a- go do that. And I saw the little thing that said People Park. And I was like, no, no, you can't. <laughs> and it is, it's People Park. It's There's a sign. It says People Park. No dogs. It's for the, people. It's for the people. People yeah. Park. Um, uh, at People it. Park, then, you, you find that there was a murder that happened in the park. Uh, and at first, you're not able to get in, but eventually, you, uh, after poking around for a little bit, you find that, hey, that's where the noodle cart was. Uh, and there was a doctor who was pulling the cart and was killed, basically standing up while, you know... It, like it's one of those pull cart type things, so he's kind of like hunched over the bar where you would pull the cart in the front, and yeah. uh, he was shot by the son of the family uh, that uh, of the Kataki family, uh, supposedly. Supposedly, yes, he, that that's who was accused of murder. Waki Kataki. <laughs> Waki Kataki's name is borderline. I don't know if it's is it uncomfortable. Am I, I think it's just a walkie-talkie joke. Yeah. I think. I think that's all it is. Oh my god! Okay, yeah. Because sure. we we I also talked to Iroh about this when we were on stream, and I was like, we were like brainstorming what else is this joke aside from just walkie-talkie, and we couldn't think of anything else that that's what it is. Yeah, um, I was pretty honestly, sure that's what it worse, was. Yeah, worse than his name is the way he talks because <laughs> oh, it's just... very two thousands era what people imagine a gangster talks like. I mean, on the other geek. hand, like, that that works for his character. Well, yes, exactly. <laughs> he's he's not really a gangster. He thinks he's a cool G, and he keeps calling himself a G. Uh, so we do, we're doing that whole bit here. Uh, but he is, uh, he's actually kind of a weenie, uh, really. But he likes to act tough. Um, so... Uh, all these mysteries are getting kind of mixed together here. Uh, and so, obviously, they are actually all incredibly related, and they are not separate incidences at all. Um, so, uh, you start to, uh, you eventually come back to your agency after poking around for the smaller mysteries for a little bit, and there you meet Alita Tiala, who is the fiancé of Walkie. And so he, uh, she says to you, hey, um, I'd like you to represent, you know, my fiance in court and prove him in- innocent. Uh, so she, uh, you know, Apollo is like, oh boy, finally I get to do my job. <laughs> I, oh will jump the, I will jump for, for you and <laughs> let's do this. Uh, and so now that you officially uh, are the... Uh, attorney for walkie you get to head back into people park and start investigating a couple things that we notice around people park uh one in the outside of people park there's an old lady who's trying to get in 
I love her. Wendy. She's trying to climb up a Wendy. Yeah, it's not explicitly said to be Wendy, but it's, oh, I kind of feel it though. It's, it's, it's got to be Wendy. I know it's her. I miss her. I love her. Oh, uh, just just so we establish another location that exists in this map. There's People Park. There's the Kataki Mansion across from People Park, and then there is the Maractus Clinic, which is the doctor is which is where the doctor works and the miraculous clinic is also right next to Eldune's house weird yes. and Eldune's house is around the corner from the right agency literally everything that took place here took place within like two blocks <laughs> yeah this is a like a this is like a yakuza game style mission right yeah <laughs> this is what this is um, I just imagine looking at the little minimap and seeing the like little Shin Megami Tensei circle diamond and be like, move around to people park and stuff, all that. <laughs> um, so like, let's see. Yeah, there's a, we, when these old back, do we get to meet the prosecutor today? I think we do, right? Yes, you do get to meet the prosecutor. So as you are about to enter the park to do some investigation, you see uh, a guy who is addressed as Mr. Gavin. And you see a bunch of uh, people, like, you know, getting all excited, and there's a motorcycle there. And, uh, yeah, Christoph Gavin, the prosecutor for the case, is there, and he says hello, he greets you both, and then rides away on his motorcycle. Uh, he is the younger brother of Clavier Gavin, uh, Apollo's mentor, who was just put away into prison. I'm so sorry, you got them backwards. Oh shit! I got him backwards. I it's okay. Christoph <laughs> is the one that got arrested. Clavier is yes. The, Clavier is the is one the, on like the, motorcycle yep. himbo. See, I yeah. I thought that he was the prosecutor. I thought Christoph was the pro. No. Last episode, no. I had to keep my mouth they shut. Are I uh, I wanted to say something so bad. I'm so wait. thrilled. Is Clavier older or younger? Younger. Younger. Clavier is younger. Clavier is younger. He's like this. 20, the Luigi. 23, 24, yes. I think. I checked that they, they later reveal that he also did the whole went to Europe and got his prosecutor's badge at 18. And Phoenix is like, they're very progressive over there. <laughs> Such a funny bit. <laughs> so um, just quick Clevier Gavin review. Um, uh-huh. love yeah, him. sure. Go ahead. Yeah. I think he's super cool. I love his animations. He's just rad. Like, that's the I can't hate him because he's so fucking radical. He's got, like, like, a purple jacket, he's got chain, he's got, like, an open button, you know, on his collar kind of thing. He's, and he's got similar hair to Kristoff, and, uh, but he's, like, you know, he's, he's like, the younger, he's he's a little friendlier, he's a rock star, you know? He, he performs in a band, but also he does prosecuting on the side. Um, I like yeah, him. Yeah, I love him. I, I, I met him, and I was, like... Oh great! And he was immediately started hitting on Trucy, and I was like, "She's fifteen, you son of a bitch!" I know. Um, I know. And then, we still can't get away from it. And then he was like, "Oh, Apollo, hello! I've never felt this way about a man before." And I was like, "Okay, you're just gonna hit on everybody, <laughs> huh? All right." Okay, I, she's I interpreted. 15. <laughs> I interpreted that scene as just like. Someone compl- like complaining of like a fa- uh, what's that word when you complacent 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 he was just being nice to a fan is what I was interpreting yeah, I think you're me- you're thinking of placate placate there it yes. is I thought he was just placating a fan when he was speaking like that because like overall his overall persona seems to be that he's vi- like he kind of has the similarity with 
Kristoff, in which that he is overtly nice to everybody, even his own enemies. Like, but whereas Kristoff was all poetry, um, Clavier is a rock star. So, like, mm-hmm. that's why he's acting. That's my personal. God, I hope this isn't gross. Interpretation. I, I, I'll, I'll see if I can incorporate that into my belief system because I do need everybody to stop hitting on Trucy. I know. Now, yeah, um, no more. I, I, I'm really trying to interpret it as like, oh, look at you, little little girl. Look at you're cool, I guess. Isn't it funny how you have you how you think I'm cool that I'm a rock star or whatever kind of thing? I yeah, exactly. hope so. Look yeah. at my shiny guitar. It's so shiny. Yeah. I I'm, I'm going <laughs> to so go our... with that. I you know. The alternative is way too much for our hearts to handle. <laughs> I yeah. listen. I full disclosure, I have been a 15, 16-year-old girl in a funny outfit at an anime convention getting harassed by older men. So like Right. You know. It fucking sucks. It, yeah. It's uh, cons are so much better than they used to be. It's truly amazing like you know the whole cosplay is not consent movement has done a great deal it's near and dear to my heart but like she's 15 don't fucking talk to her i'll kill all of you <laughs> i guess so yeah. i i oh. uh, so after you get that's your little like first glimpse of uh clavier uh and then you get into the park proper and you get to start to investigate the cart here and you meet emma sky now, uh, was everybody excited to see her again? Because I remember when the first time I played this game, I was very excited to see her now as a detective. I'm, I'm a little upset that she didn't get like chief detective big gun badge. Like, right? <laughs> she should be at the head of the fucking thing. I worked so goddamn hard during that case to get her free. <laughs> um, and I, I don't recall having her, her having like a sunflower seed habit she picked that up i guess no yeah she this is a new habit they gotta give her some new animations and they are actually snackoos is what she calls them (laughs) what the hell is a snack i respect her just Uh, munching snacks on the job that animation's a little too long that that, Uh, that's my issue with it is that it has the um the old ace attorney animation too long can't skip it Mm -hmm. these are these are Actually, yeah, like no, a, they're like a chocolate dusted kind of snack food is actually what they are. You know what? Okay. I bet the reason they're chocolate dusted is the fact that she gives them cr- to criminals and then secretly takes their fingerprints off the chocolate so, dust. Cops the can actual, do that. <laughs> cops can do that. The actual um, original thing, like that's what they are localized, but the actual original thing that they are in Japanese is uh, karinto. Uh, which is a Japanese snack food. Uh, I'm reading from Wikipedia here. Sweet and deep fried, primarily made of flour, yeast, and brown sugar. Has a deep brown and pitted appearance. Takes the form of a bite-sized pillow or short cylinder. So, uh... She's eating fucking fried dough. Basically, is what it is. I'll put a picture of it in the chat here so you can take a look at it. And uh, viewers at home, you can go ahead and Google it. But the reason why it is... it's It's popular... But because it's tasty, but also it has a little bit of a reputation. If you Google pictures of this, it does kind of look like dog, dog, dog poos, <laughs> you know, like it looks like, I don't know if you would like almost like cheese curls, but if they were brown, you know, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, um, these look like those, sh- the like short Cheetos. Yeah, like short cheese puffs, but 
obviously they are not cheese in any way. Uh, these these are you know brown and and cinnamon dough kind of things. So anyway, it's just that's what she she's got a big bag of those and she's munching away on the job and uh, it's very it's a very funny bit and she's got her like munching uh you know sound effect that plays the whole time and I don't know if you did this or not but you can mash through it and so she'll munch faster then. <laughs> yes, I did mash. I, yeah, through I, it. I, I I did that as well. I spent a lot of time mashing. In this game, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm, we're gonna get to Rose's saga of suffering here later. <laughs> There's so so far in this in this case, there are two different characters who have long animations that I want to skip. There is Emma Sky's munching, and then there's Mister Eldoon's. He has a harmonica around mm-hmm. his neck, yeah, and he like plays his little like streetcar theme, which I imagine is like. When you hear that, you're supposed to know that the ramen cart is nearby instead of, like, the ice cream truck is, like, the ramen cart. Right. So there's a two animations that I thought to myself, gee whiz, I wish I wish I could hit A right now. <laughs> um, I love seeing Emma Sky. She's a detective now. She doesn't have the surprised face badge anymore, which makes me, like, think that back during Case 1-5, Emma Sky gave the badge to Phoenix, and then he held on to it this entire time. And then he said, well, now that I'm unemployed and a father, I'll put it on my papa beanie. And, <laughs> um, I love Emma Sky. She helps us do some forensic shit. Thank God. I liked doing the forensic shit. I mentioned how much I liked that in uh, 1.5, and I liked it here, too. Although, oh <laughs> boy, the they really love their, like, 3D, like, render turnarounds. Like, there was a lot of kind of unnecessary like blocky 3d <laughs> render turnarounds in this case um well yeah with how how positional things get in in the court segment then uh i guess they wanted to really make sure it was clear to everybody where people were standing and and where the cart was in in 3d i, I was like um, but i got it from the overhead map but okay <laughs> here we go yeah. for the third or fourth time I, so uh, we should yeah. get to the court segment real quick here, but right before you do, uh, after you've started getting your uh, various details with, you, you know, you do a little forensics with Emma, you get fingerprints off of the knife and and confirm that, uh, you know, that uh, it was indeed Walkie who held this knife. Yeah, um, wa- Walkie had a knife at the murder scene, not a gun. Exactly. Uh, so and, who, who shot him? And then you also find... Uh, a pair of uh, panties in the trash can, which are the uh, little plums, the Kataki matriarchs, uh, the pair that was missing. And you then get the first part of this joke, which is they are not panties in the way you might be thinking of them. They are big cartoon bloomers. You they're know. like pantaloons. Yeah, they're just like thank, big, big, goofy cartoon thank pantaloons. Thank God they're yeah. both big. Yeah. Both and yeah. so. Them. This is uh this is also when you finally get uh the chance to go uh over to the Maractus clinic as well and investigate the garage because also here you have found uh the mirror of the car uh that that hit Phoenix and you are able to track it back to the Maractus clinic and where the this mirror uh their side view mirror fell off and yeah. there you find a a cell phone on the ground which you pick up and then in the uh, exhaust of the car, uh, you find uh, Trucy's panties, her magic panties specifically, part of her act, which are, again, 
bright blue with pink polka dot pantaloons, you know, like cartoonishly large uh, that she uses yeah, to like pull, you know, items out of, you know, like pull a, a rabbit out of a hat kind of thing. But, but she's doing it with these big, goofy uh, pantaloons. It's a tire out of the pant pantaloons so yeah <laughs> so like so that's that that's the joke here is that the whole time the player is supposed to have been imagining something much worse and in the end oh just kidding it's it's very cartoonish and it's very silly you know i um okay hang on hang on hang on ben i accidentally at some point pressed the pause button when i was recording so there's a chunk of stuff missing from my recording okay so i figured it out and unpaused it but I'll probably have to use some audio from like maybe like five minutes of somebody else's. Stream. Okay, well I can. I, that's why I have the backup. Have you started recording again? Yes, yes. Okay, yes. I should be able to line it up. I don't know what the heck happened, but it paused, and I'm not sure. I'm not 100 percent sure how long it we was. We could clap again, okay. maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, clap. Oh, yeah, good. we can. We can do. We can do a second clap because then we can make sure it's lined up. Love that. So time dot is. All right, but you saved the earlier recording already. No, it's still there. Oh, yeah, it's still it's there. Paused. It's just paused. Okay, so it, no, it, yeah, it's still there. At some point, so I will. I will have to break like, the file and put a gap in there. Yeah, no, that's yeah. Fine. At some point, in like twenty-four minutes or something like that, I must have hit a button that paused my recording, but then I just started it up. Again. Okay. All right. All right. You have uh, time. That is open. Uh, I do now. Okay. Then uh, let's clap on, well, I was going to say on the 55, but I guess let's clap on uh, the top. Let's do it. Right, and let's do it at five. <laughs> okay. Right. We, we got it then? All right. Okay. Cool. Yes. That should, um, that should fix it. So, uh, Tiago, you were about to say something, right? I, I was. This is going to be the part where we cut back in from the weird intermission music. Um. I assume you're going to put it in. I don't know. Whatever. Well, uh, I'll so, figure it out. You'll figure it out. Uh, so, you gather a lot of this evidence from, like, there's there's a trash can at the front of People Park, which contains both the broken side view mirror from the car that hit Phoenix, and the a pair of slippers from the Miraculous Clinic. So you're already supposed to get suspicion of uh, the Miraculous Clinic. And then once you hit the, so once you go inside the park, there's another trash can, which contains little plums bloomers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you trace the, um, broken side view mirror to the garage in the Maractus Clinic, and there's a green car there, so the side view mirror that's, that you found in the trash can matches the car. Apollo says to himself, man, Phoenix Wright was a great inspiration. I remember one time he had a case where he found something in the exhaust pipe. Isn't that crazy? And then he stuck his hand in the exhaust pipe, like a <laughs> Silent Hill protagonist. Yeah. And... <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, it, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> and he fucking pulls out a pair of pantaloons, and Tracy goes, my magic panties, I pulled horses from that, and it's like, wait, what? Why would you do that? Why not just use a fucking hat? And you have a silk top hat! And yeah. Tracy's like, uh, you know, you gotta innovate. You know, you gotta bring people what they want, something new. Um... Besides, that hat's in use. That hat's in use. Uh, oh, it is. That's fair. Um, you don't get the option to examine the clinic proper uh, on the first day, and you don't even get a chance to really talk to your client. Like straight up. Did anybody? Yeah. Does, did anybody get the doctor's pun? The name. Maractus. Of... Isn't it supposed to be like a miracle? No, it's pal Maractus. It's malpractice. 
I assumed it was intro, something so. backwards, like <laughs> Mr. L Nude Noodles. Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I just, there you go. I was Not just. Practice. I looked at it and I was like, "Well, eh, I'll get to that later." I thought it was supposed to be like a mispronunciation of the word miracle, but yeah. There's also a Pokemon called Maractus, and that's what I was thinking. About. <laughs> I can't. Oh, you mean the like the cactus Pokemon? Mm-hmm. Oh, cute. Uh, Not Cacnea or Cacturn, but that little random. It's from Gen Five. One stage cactus. Um, so yeah, you finally go okay, to the anyway. detention center then, and you get to talk to Walkie for one short conversation before the end of the day, and he says to you, "I did it. I killed him." I'm a straight up G and I did that doctor in and I don't care if they put me away in prison because uh, a real gangster's got to do time. Uh, and uh, you're like, great. great. I love you, it. You stupid cat boy. <laughs> he's a fox boy. Yeah. He's, he's a kitsune yeah, type he's, thing, right? He's got <laughs> he's a little, a he, well, he's very Italian as we all know. All gangsters. <laughs> yes, he's yeah, definitely he Italian. Supposed, yeah, and yeah. All, he is supposed to be a fox. All of the gangsters are just uh, Italian Yakuza members for I, some reason in this game. I love the back of his jacket. The back of his jacket has like a, a fox head and two cross and two crossbones underneath it. It's mm-hmm. sick. Um, also, do you like his, his shirt on sp- the front? His hair is supposed to be. He, his hair is the two ears, and then the big poof in front is supposed to be the tail. Yeah, I his hair is stupid. <laughs> I love his hair. Yeah, so but I'm with Des actually. I'm loving the character it, designs so far. I'm, it, I've been wild very, about all of them. Here's the thing: it's very cute, yeah. but like no actual human would actually have that. I mean, we could say that about a lot of characters have you watched in these fucking games. Video? It's fair, have yeah. We got anime character design going on here. Have you seen Phoenix's hair? Yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, that's like an exaggeration of what could exist. Like someone putting their hair back. Just like, just, um, it doesn't matter. What's yeah, up? no, all I was going to say is his shirt that he's wearing on the front is the blue badger, but with sunglasses and a goatee. <laughs> yeah, like an evil blue badger. It was, yeah, it's like it was, evil blue badger. It's so good. It was giving me that really, you know, the one t-shirt where it's like a world is a fuck, like. Yeah, three thousand billion dead cops, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I, this is, but just with the blue badger instead. I was very, I like I said, wild about all these character designs so far. My favorite part of the game has definitely been every character design I've seen. Yeah, no, the yeah. the new character designer is really fucking kicking it up a notch, knocking it out uh, of the fucking park. Um. Mm-hmm. So then you have to start uh, your first court case without a mentor. Yep. Trucy's with you, though. Trucy's with Well, you gotta have a sidekick. Every defense attorney is allowed one sidekick. Although, (laughs) like, at this point, I was, again, feeling a little Apollo frustration. I was like, Trucy, are you running this case? Like, I... (laughs) I, Let me... Let me talk, girl. You're cute, but, like, whoa, hold on. (laughs) Well, see, here's the thing. Apollo got hired by Wright and... Well, it's not Wright and Co. anymore. It's just Wright Anything Agency. So technically, would that make Trucy and Phoenix's boss? <laughs> that's, I, I mean, that's so true, like, but also, like, let me solve the puzzle. Yeah. Girl, please. <laughs> it's it's a little, like, it's supposed to imply that Trucy is in some way your superior. Because you start noticing that, like, even though she's this, like, goofy magician, she's actually pretty fucking keen. Like, she, like, picked up on a lot of shit that I was just like... Yeah, I picked up on that too, but I guess if I was a teenager who didn't pick up on it, I'd appreciate you. Um, 
Yeah, there's a lot of stuff where, like, Trucy says some shit, and I was like, yeah, I fucking get it, Trucy. But, like, <laughs> if I was... I also recognize that if I was a teenager playing this game, I'd be like, what do you mean the car is the same car, you know? Yeah, maybe uh, they feel since it's the second case, they still gotta have some guardrails up for you uh, to, to help you out a little bit. But, um, but yeah, so you get into the first court segment, and... A, you get to see uh, Clavier there on the stand or on the at the prosecutor's bench with you, and he announces that the first witness who's going to actually be testifying uh, will be Walkie himself, and Walkie testifies why he did it, uh, and so he drops uh, a bunch of knowledge, as he says, that uh, he got knowledge. Yes, he got shot during a uh, a tiff with the Rivalis crime family and the bullet had uh he got shot you know it came close to hitting uh his heart but uh as he was you know bleeding out he got taken to uh palmaractus the kind of underground doctor to get the bullet removed and uh he found out that uh uh he found out that uh it, he had not actually taken the he had done nothing about it he had not actually helped him out he didn't take he it didn't out. take the bullet out and so this walkie believed that this was because of palmaractus was an incompetent doctor right that he was like oh he he was bad at his job and so he just covered it up and so now i'm gonna teach him what for and so that's why he tracked him down then and shot him is what he's claiming uh gavin uh clavier then says like guess what buddy uh, I've got some medical documentation here for you. And uh, you should take a look at this. And so he drops this bombshell in the middle of court for Walkie, which is that A, the bullet, yes, is, is indeed still in his heart, but also it's so dangerously close that he's basically the walking dead. Yeah, like he will die soon. Like yes. this week or something. Uh, like it's a miracle that he's straight up still talking like a G. And um, yes, and so he basically the reason Clavier brings this up is to show that, uh, you know, Maractus knew and was was indeed covering it up because these are documents from Maractus's clinic. Yes. Um, and then the, we get the witness. Right before we go on to the witness, because I fucking hate him. Uh -huh. um, Understandable. I want to talk about Clavier's uh, animations in the courtroom segment. It's sick. He has this air guitar thing he does. It's he's, so good. He's left. He's first of all, he's left-handed. I assume he's either left-handed or ambidextrous. Because um, I saw the second he started wailing on that air guitar, I was like, "Oh my god, what a hero!" I can almost <laughs> hear the song. Um, His animations are so cute. I like when he hits the wall behind him too. Like a lot of that, really yeah. cute animations for this man. That's the other thing I want to talk nice about. Nice physicality the, to it. Yeah, yeah. He physically like he interacts with the scene. He he punches the back wall, and I'm like, "Oh my god, it's real." As opposed to just, like, a prop behind the, uh... A big cardboard prop. As opposed to a big cardboard prop. Uh, uh, speaking of his air guitar, I feel like now might be a good time to bring up that, A, we get, like, a rock song, like, the first one ever in Ace Attorney here, like, that's, like, a totally yeah. different genre. We just get, like, a whole rock song in here called Guilty Love. Oh, uh, sick, bro. And in, in, in Japanese, it's called Love, Love, Guilty. Um, <laughs> yeah! Uh, and so this is uh, composed by uh, the composer of the series, who, who did all the other music, uh, or sorry, of this game, I, I should say, because this is uh, Toshihiko Horiyama. Mm -hmm. He only did 
Apollo Justice, and then later he did uh, some other work on some of the other Ace Attorney games, but I believe this is the only Ace Attorney game that he composed music for. Um, but you would probably also know him from some other games that he composed, such as Mega Man X, oh, I uh, really Mega Man uh, and Bass. Okay. Um, he Mega Man Battle Network Four. Oh, I actually do really like Mega Man Battle Network Four soundtrack. Uh, so yeah, so he uh, Mega Man. I'm looking at his list here. Mega Man powered up as well. Uh, that um, one could be left alone. So, oh, he also did work on one of the later Ace Attorney games, Spirit of Justice, as well. He did music and sound effects for that, and he was sound director on Dual Destinies. So I don't know how much involvement he had in composing, but he was sound director there. So all that to say. He's he's been a mainstay of Capcom for a long time. And so he wrote a blog post about how he came up with this rock song because originally he wrote a J-pop song for this bit and showed it uh played it for uh Shu Takumi and he was like no, this is all wrong. This sounds like J-pop. I reject it. I do not want this. I want a rock song. So uh so Horiyama was having a little bit of a tough time coming up with uh this song. So here's what he writes about how the song came to him in a dream. Uh, again, this is a blog post from that he wrote uh, on the Capcom blog and is again translated by Ash at Kyakuten Cyber and Library. Thank you so much Thank for you, translating Ash. these. It's a huge help. Uh, so he wrote, I had a curious dream. I was waiting for the bus at a bus stop. I didn't recognize a woman arrived there. She was going to be taking the same bus. The moment I laid eyes on her, I knew it. She was exactly my type. Eventually, the bus arrived, and both the woman and I got on, and we sat down next to each other. I'm going to abbreviate a little bit here, because it's quite a long post. And I said to her, I wonder where the bus is headed. You don't know, and you still got on? This bus, you know, is heading towards the Tonkatsu restaurant. Oh, oh hell yeah. Tonkatsu restaurant. I'm a big fan of Tonkatsu. I'm actually more in the mood for spaghetti carbonara, she says. This was a dream, <laughs> so things got a bit random. <laughs> Oh, I love, I want some and fucking tonkatsu now. Yeah, so he says that he and the woman then entered the restaurant uh, for tonkatsu. They sat down at the exact same table as if it was very natural, you know, and they got uh, all their food. And he says, everyone started making their orders from loin tonkatsu sets to top grade pork filet tonkatsu sets. As this was a dream, I might as well have gone for the top grade set. But for some reason, I ordered a regular pork filet tonkatsu set. <laughs> Even in your dreams, you know you don't have enough money to afford the good shit. Uh, and so then the woman says to me, you're having trouble composing the song for Clavier, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I can't figure out how to capture the heart of Takushu, uh, Shutakumi's nickname. Takushu. And she says, let me show you. As we were talking, a waiter arrived at our table. At first, I thought our food was already ready, but the waiter did not place my pork filet tonkatsu set on the table, but instead, a computer and a MIDI sound source and other items. Holy shit. <laughs> this was a dream, so things got a bit nonsensical. The woman started setting up the equipment in an accustomed manner. She then started to tinker with the equipment, and she was started composing the song. As I stared at her, I felt I could really fall in love with her. After a while, she spoke up again. The song is ready. Give it a try. And it was the hard rock piece. <laughs> I... Oh my god. There... And then she says, it's about time for me to leave. Where to? My husband is waiting for me. No! Oh. The woman was married, so it wasn't a good idea for me to fall in love with her. But still, I was overcome with a fluttery feeling as I woke up from my dream. The following day, I started working on Clavier's theme song. 
The vague memories of my dream were still in my head. I came up with the hard rock piece exactly like the song the woman had composed. When I was done, I presented the song to Takushu once again, and his reaction was as follows. I think we can go with this. (laughs) Oh, man. That's a beautiful dream. uh, It's so elaborate. It's so funny that I I love these goofy blog posts when they just go into every little possible detail about how they came up with stuff. Sometimes they are frustratingly vague about how they came up with something. And they just say, oh, we went with this. You know, it's like, well, how? Why Why did you decide to go with that? you know, element for this game. Uh, and then other times they will spend an entire blog post on how they came up with one song. I like this <laughs> almost as much as the uh, weedy uh, lunch story. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's that one. one's that still also the really best. good. That's the I, best so one. This reminds me of the, um, have you guys ever thought about like diffuse thinking and like, versus focused thinking, which is like a way to express creativity is that you want to enter like a dreamlike state. I remember uh, the reason I learned about this recently is because of uh, I was researching researching some uh, ways to learn better, and the thing that Thomas Edison used to do is that he used to have an iron ball in his hand so that when he was about to fall asleep, he would drop the ball and wake up, but he'd be still kind of loosey goosey, and then he would write down <laughs> all the ideas that he had while in this like dreamlike state. All his ideas to, to steal other people's inventions. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was about to say, is this is this a real story? Or is this like this a, is a folk this tale? is real? This is okay. He actually did have iron balls in his hand that like he would drop. <laughs> uh-huh. So like Salvador Dali had something very similar in which that I believe he had a watch that he would hold in his hand, and then while he was about to sleep, the watch would drop to the ground. He would wake up and start to paint, and then when he would, he felt tired, he would do the same thing. Yeah, that second story might may not be completely true, but I the mean, first one is. I actually. Uh, I'm interested in Dolly and have been to the Dolly Museum and uh, he did used to keep a canvas next to his his bed and he would wake up and try and paint his dreams before he forgot them. Mm-hmm, that was mm-hmm. like part of the surrealist like uh... That's basically like a dream yeah, journal, right? Exactly. Yeah, that yeah. was that was a big part of like the, the surrealist like uh, thesis was like you know, try and you ruined my dream. Yeah, try and paint your weird dreams. <laughs> Mr. Electric, you ruined my dream journal. <laughs> oh, the God, that's a journal. deep... We gotta... All right. Okay, so what we I'm have saying to keep that, going. <laughs> yeah, here's the, the thing. Music, the music composer is a surrealist, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing. We're still on the first day of court. Yeah, we need to keep moving <laughs> because I have uh, we, some so, complaints to lodge with the department. Yeah, let's let's skip through. Uh, let's hop, skip, and a jump through Stickler because honestly, there's not a huge. Bit it's of, him. Stole you know, the, he stole the panty snatcher. It's him. He, so yes, we we Fuck meet him. a college student, Wesley Stickler, Benedict Cumberbatch. He, yeah, he's he's a panty snatcher. Is it's revealed because he is claims to have witnessed the killing, but then we start to establish that like there's some inconsistencies with his. Uh, accounting of the situation and the way that the body uh, ended up because Stickler claims that he yelled at the victim Palmeractus and said stop and when Palmeractus turned his head and looked at them uh, that was when he got shot however as we can see from the autopsy report he got shot on the other side of his head so he should have been facing the opposite direction yeah so we need to reconcile these two differences was Stickler actually on the opposite side of the park? So that would flip things horizontally and thus make things make sense. Or did something else, did, you know, he get 
shot somewhere else, you know, how what happened here? So that is kind of where we get to right near the end. But the thing is, we can't quite get there without a little bit of help. And so this is probably the most important thing to mention here at the end, is that just when it seems like things are over and you can't prove it at the very last uh, at the very last bit, uh, Trucy all of a sudden is held at gunpoint by a mysterious assailant. Or not gunpoint, excuse me, knife point. Knife point, yeah. (laughs) She's held at knife point by a... Weapon point. There's like a mysterious shadowy figure in a top hat who holds her at knife point and says, you know, you'll let them, you know, continue or else, uh, you know, take a recess real quick. And uh, The second time a killer has taken control of this court. Yeah. (laughs) And so everybody's like, oh my god, okay. And Clavier just kind of smirks and is like, yeah, I'll take their recess. (laughs) And everybody's like, uh, okay. The judge is all freaked out. You go to recess and you meet Trucy and she's like, oh, hey, how you doing? And you're like, what happened, Trucy? And she reveals her good friend, the amazing Mr. Hat, which is an elaborate wooden puppet that pops out of her back, essentially. She has like it appears out of nowhere from her cloak, you know. She has the fucking puppet from Naruto where like you can replace (laughs) your body with it. Yeah. (laughs) And like. She's actually a fucking ninja. Um, so here's... So she takes control of this court. She does this in order to um, stall for time. Which, like... Okay. I get it. Fucking Maya did it before, too, just by screaming in the courtroom. <laughs> um, Maya just screamed and was like... Everyone was like, Alright, dude, everyone chill. Let's just take a recess. And, yeah. like... And then Maya's just not allowed back into the room for the second half. And Phoenix is like, yeah, that's fair. Trucy staged a a knife assault <laughs> like in court in yeah. broad daylight. <laughs> it's like two p.m. Yeah. <laughs> it's too early in the day for this. <laughs> I no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that fucks you up. How did no one see this? How did no one see a, a fucking puppet appear from Trucy's back and put a knife to her neck? <laughs> She's a magician. Oh. Yeah. Honestly, it was cut kind of weird. It just like went to a like JPEG, and I was like, "Huh." I, okay, yeah, we're I in guess. the knife scene now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Trucy stages this, and then it, Apollo goes into his mind palace and remembers Phoenix going like, "Hey, listen, as long as you got Trucy by your side, you can complete any court case." And he like gives you like the all might smile. And then he, and then you come back, and it's like, oh yeah, Trucy's a criminal. That's what he meant. That's <laughs> Trucy's willing to do fucking anything. Trucy uh, will kill. <laughs> yeah. So yes, you get to go back in, and you go back to Stickler's testimony, and now you finally get to activate your perception powers, your bracelet. You know, your you know, bracelet, kind of dear listener, with energy, dear listener. What bracelet, you may ask. What the fuck are they talking about? No explanation. He a, he he's had this golden bracelet the entire time. Never noticed never... it. No attention brought to it. That's Nothing. the issue. Is that exactly? He never goes like in the first case. He was like, as long as I've got my lucky bracelet. Yeah, that I, I would be it. Anything. That would be fine. That, that would be fine. But it turns out that like all of a sudden his bracelet starts vibrating, and then he gets the Sharingan. Just oh, um... my bracelet's <laughs> magic all of a sudden. What the fuck? Come on, oh, it's like he, ha- it's like he has these abilities, or like the bracelet magnifies them. It's not explicitly clear it's yet, but originally so his 
originally his character design just had a wristwatch on his arm because they were like, man, his arm feels kind of bare when he's objecting. Yeah. So they put a wristwatch on it and then eventually it changed into this bracelet once they fully developed this game mechanic. And so I guess then they were like, well, we're going to link these things together. But um, but yes, it is it is the game acts as if it's not necessarily the bracelet. It's like it's Apollo's perceptiveness is just preternaturally good, I guess. And then, then the bracelet just is also like sort of like it it vibrates, you know, when but when he's able to perceive. Why? And it's like doom doom. <laughs> why? What the, like like, to... uh, like Tiago said, if he had at any moment just been like, "Well, I've got my lucky bracelet" or like something. Mm-hmm. Anything. I think Apollo is so cute. I like him a lot. What the f- what? Here's, here's what I think, is that on, uh, I, if we're going to rationalize this in the world of reality, I would imagine that what's actually happening is that Phoenix is microdosing Apollo. Okay, that's, that's fine. Why. I would accept that. There are fucking ghosts in this world. Yeah. Exactly, but there are ghosts in this world. They don't gotta explain exactly. shit. So like, here's, I knew how here's, the ghosts worked. The Magnetama. I knew how that worked. I received it. I had information. It was awesome. Right. So I had context for it, and I knew how it worked. Here's here's another thing that I'm afraid it, that like I can already see happening on the horizon is that Apollo's gonna get to like near the end game and then he's gonna go I didn't need my bracelet the ability was inside me all along and the bracelet's just like a fucking uh, like, like a to- like, it doesn't really matter you we know just I mean? needed a button like design to press like just make it a big scary eyeball I don't. Uh, <laughs> So like yeah. <laughs> not a, not acceptable reasoning Phoenix, here. Phoenix Wright got the Magatama from Pearls. God bless Pearls, greatest sidekick so far. Still number one sidekick. I'm not gonna lie. Fuck Maya. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, wow. I love Pearls all. wouldn't appreciate uh, you saying that. I don't know. No. Pearls would kill me. She would drop kick me, and all my ribs would be broken. Um, so like. Stickler, his whole thing is that, like, oh, the reason I want to steal the panties is because I saw the magic trick once, and I wanted to understand how it worked as an academic. And everyone just goes, yeah, okay, I guess. Like, dude, come on, man. Right. He's like, oh, I need to understand the mysteries of the universe. And it's just a bunch of jokes. Like, it's just a way for a bunch of jokes to be fed to you about him saying panties in increasingly bizarre contexts and acting like he's a weird pervert but not really he's, he's actually looking at it for educational purposes no. and yeah, it's like uh, no come no. on it, what happened so, was that a censor showed up and was like all right guys you can't make him a pervert and i was like oh, all right fine we'll make him an academic that's worse um so, <laughs> so like the actual like mechanic right of examining him as he's testifying is during certain statements you have to figure out a which statement is the most suspicious, quote unquote. Then you and which one, and often there will be an animation playing that is kind of like the key animation. You press the bracelet button on the lower screen, and then you zoom in into this like eyeball mode where you're zoomed in on his sprite, and you can move it around. And the statement will highlight certain segments, and during certain segments of the statement that's highlighted, like say the first part of his statement or the middle or the last part when it's highlighted he will do certain animations and you uh he will do an animation or not i guess i should say it's an uh, on or an off state essentially or not yeah. Yeah. when he does it when he does the animation 
you have to find out where it is on his body. So in this case here, it's his finger uh, kind of playing with the corner of the book that he's holding. Mm-hmm. He has this big tome and he flicks around the corner of the page. So you have to zoom in on that. And when he's making the statement where he fiddles with that, you press, you know, gotcha. <laughs> and uh, then you basically yell at him about it. And you say, I noticed you playing with that book corner a whole bunch. You seem really nervous. Are you, How nervous are you? Are you pretty nervous, buddy? And then he breaks down. And then you have to present a piece of evidence as well following up because, A, the court's not going to believe you just yelling at him about the corner <laughs> of him fiddling with this book. Yep. You got to present a piece of evidence then as well. <laughs> And that and back I wish that they would have just been like him talking to himself about that. Like, oh, that's kind of weird. Maybe I should, maybe I should uh, do something about that. Maybe I should like bring that up in a less obnoxiously straightforward way. Uh, but yes, yeah, so yeah, you just say it. You're like, you're playing with the corner of the book there, weird, aren't you? <laughs> that means you're lying. So like, it's it's supposed to be Apollo being able to read the tells of the person on the stand. Yes. And it's presented in a way that, like, he just straight up calls the person out on the tells, where it's like, hey, motherfucker, what's up with you folding the pages of that book? And then Stickler's like, uh... And then everyone else in the courtroom was like, hey, Apollo, Jesus, take it easy. <laughs> um, that's that's the thing, though. I think that's the strangest way about how this ability could have been presented. As as opposed to it being eternal di- like internal dialogue, of, right. like, like Death mm-hmm. said. It's presented in a way where he's forceful about that information. Imagine you're at a poker table and you, like, sniffle when you have a good hand, and someone jumps on the table, points at you, and goes, Why are you sniffling, idiot? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, obviously that's gonna ruin- First of all, if that happened to me, I would just be sure not to do that further anymore, right? I would stop playing with the book. I would put the book down if someone right. ever called me out on that. So that's a trick that would work once in reality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I here's I think here's the most damning thing about Stickler is that if it wasn't for the weird pantsy snatching thing, I actually think he's interesting as a witness because he's just such a fucking weirdo. And I'm okay, like I do think that Ace Attorney witnesses should be fucking weirdos. Like that's right. where I think the character work should be in. Uh, but he's damned. By this mid two thousands, I like how though. we said we weren't going to talk about him at all. <laughs> I know. I, did. <laughs> I had to I get wanted it out, to just okay? get to the mainly to the gameplay bit because I wanted to establish yeah, talking that about the the tell okay. since that's System. like that's like that's you know that's the magatama of this game is yeah, is this aspect is. in the courtroom is is hit Apollo being able to zoom in on their sprites and see their tells during certain statements and then you drag that out in the open but yes maybe we'll have to see i don't recall honestly like dead I, dead dead up I, I do not remember how he if he like grows into it and is a little bit more careful about it later in the game or if he's always this dramatic about it the whole time i did not remember this i did not remember that he just literally goes hey you're playing with the book hey Dumbass. i noticed your tell <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, i straight, I cool. straight up think that it's going to be like that for the rest of the game um we're moving on from Stickler. The final thing that I wanted to say is that you have to establish Stickler's position and a situation because that's like super important is that his positioning was actually incorrect. You do this by realizing that the noodle stand on the other side of the noodle stand, instead of saying Eldoon, it says noodles because Eldoon backward is noodle. So like on the other side of the stand, it just says noodle. And that's why uh, Stickler thought that the stand said noodle instead of Eldoon. 
Right. I did not know that it said noodle on the back because I didn't examine the evidence. Uh, I just sort of fucking guessed. I just took a shot in the dark. It was like, obviously, he's not south. He's north, idiots. Like, yeah. I, I, and that was it. Um, the point is, is uh, Stickler is an unreliable witness and a criminal. He will be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. Um, yeah, let's, what's let's great is, yeah, what's great is then, as we get into the next investigation day, he's in fucking detention center. He sure is. He goes to jail. <laughs> Thank God. Piece he goes to fucking shit. jail. All right, we gotta keep right. going. Yeah, yeah. This is so we have a time too- limit. <laughs> We yes we we got to get through this investigation segment because there, a there's a lot of back and forth so I think I will just summarize it as there's a lot of back and forth you're going between People Park and the Miractus Clinic and then back to the Kataki Mansion and then back to Guy Aldoon and then back to the Miractus Clinic and you're moving back and forth between all these different places Very lost. kind of <laughs> shuffling evidence and eventually then you need to get a note from uh, Emma Sky who lets you in to the Maractus Clinic, and before, we'll get we'll get to you, Rose, yeah, just in a second. I was going to say, this is, summary. I'll try to keep it as because, short as possible, but yeah. do the summary. So, so yeah, so basically, then once you get back into the Maractus Clinic, and you're in there for real for the first time, you find a couple things. One, you find a pair of sandals there. Girly sandals. Uh, Slippers. No, sandals. No, those are wedges. Well, I mean, <laughs> yes, I know. The game causes them sandals, but I, yeah. They're, they're, they're wedges. wedges. Yeah. So, and then you also go into Palmaractus's old office, and you are able to examine, like, A, you hear somebody in there, first of all. And as soon as you run in, the uh, person who was in there has escaped and broken, like, I guess the window was broken, and they ran out the back. Uh, so you can't chase after them. Trucy's like, oh, she's, whoever it was, they're gone. So uh, they look around the office real quick before they report it to the police. Very funny that you never actually see them report it to the police in game then. <laughs> Very good. They, I, li- I like to imagine that they never actually report the break in. They're just way uh, too busy. But they, they look around the office real quick before reporting the break in and look inside the safe. They use their fingerprinting uh, tools uh, to figure out which last digits are on there and get into the safe. And in there, there is a bullet embedded into the back of the safe, as if somebody had sh- shot, you know, made, fired a shot in this office, and it flew into the back of the safe and embedded itself in there. So you take that bullet, uh, and then you also pull out the documents in here, which show the medical chart for Walkie when he had his operation here originally. The huge HIPAA violation. It's huge fine. HIPAA violation. You open up this chart, and on it, in addition to Palmaractus's name and showing the summary of what was done and what was not done to Walkie, you also see the nurse, who is Alita Tiala. Walkie's uh, who fiance. Is now, who is now his fiance. Alita, and this was Alita. six months ago. So, uh, you take all that info and you head on back. You uh, get to the, talk to Walkie one more time. There's also more damning evidence for Alita in which that uh, the sandals at the Maractus Clinic has a toe print. Uh, Correct. And you toe guys... Print. Powder the toe print, and you guys go, all right, well, there isn't a toe print database. And they all go, yeah, but this sandal's clearly Alita's because it has a blue ribbon on it, and Alita also has a blue ribbon on her wrist. Doesn't uh, matter. Yeah. Also, if you talk to Walkie, you have to present him the shoes, and he goes, I bought those for her as a gift. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. True. that also de- like, does that. He's, he's got so that's, the receipt. That's, he has yeah, the receipt. So that's how, you link, and that's how you, you link it back to her. And then the sandals that were found, the slippers that were found at the park in the trash can also have a big toe print. Apparently, Alita's left fucking big toe, the most clear fucking toe print that's ever existed. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is, 
But uh, yeah, you bring up to Emma Sky, and Emma Sky goes, "Oh yeah, that's a uh, they're all we the have same. to also- we have to keep moving and finish the move- summary so I can complain." Okay, yes, I'm just also bringing up that there's also more forensic stuff in which that you guys find shoe prints. You find the yeah, slipper we do print, the- which uh, you find get a- to use plaster in the shoe prints, which is kind of fun. That is fun. I actually I loved really it. Like- I love it. I found every. I purposely went to every shoe print before I got to the main one. But the point is, is that you have a connection with Alita. Alita was the nurse. Alita was also here that night because she left her sandals here and uh, took put on slippers. And then she took the slippers and put them into the trash can. That is the line of what her. That's basically her trajectory that night. I guess exactly. Yes. Um, now, what were you about to say? I forgot. Yeah. So let's go to Rose's weird, maybe a glitch thing yeah. that happened. So what? What? Uh, this basically covers mo- the sequence that Tiago just described. So, uh, you do the thing. You put you. I uh, struggling, struggling to move around. I often have trouble with this in these games. Um, I basically I have a guide open and I only look at the part that tells me where I need to go next. Um, okay. Because the amount of time it was taking me to figure out which area to go to was detrimental. Um, Nightmarish. Yeah. So basically, I, I just like, you know, you do that thing where you like scroll. So there's only the one line and it's like, go to People Park. And I go to People Park and see what happens. You know, the usual. So basically, yeah. I'm trying to get into the clinic. Everyone's like, you need to get in the clinic. I go to the clinic. I'm struggling. I can't figure out how to get in. I examine the area. An invisible police officer tells me to fuck off and get yeah. some connection to the case. I go, fine, whatever. This is stupid. So I go... Also, another thing that was not a bug technically, but a little gameplay funkiness was previously when I went back to try and get the slippers, um, Apollo tells you, no, you can't get the slippers. So you have to wait until a certain time and then you can go back into the trash can and get the slippers that you were previously told you didn't need. So whatever. It's a point and click game. These things happen. Um... So, you know, immediately you you go and you, like, do the shoe print thing. I have the slippers, the slippers with the paint on the bottom and the leaf, and they match the footprint and the toe print. I have the toe print, but I can't get into the clinic yet to find out who it belongs to. So I've got all this stuff. I talked to Emma Sky. She's like, all right, you know, we don't have a toe print database, but you need another shoe. I go, okay, I don't have another shoe. So I go back to the clinic. The visible police officer is nowhere to be seen. Yeah, because he's invisible. He's invisible. (laughs) I have these shoes. They're clearly connected to the case. I've got the leaf print. I've got the plaster. I can prove everything. I yeah the the prompt to enter the location has not been occurring. Yeah, there is no prompt. (laughs) I I dude same I. I also ran into this issue where, like, I ran around a bunch of fucking areas being like, all right, how can I get into the clinic? And then, like, I don't even remember how I got in. I, like, I straight up blacked out. I'll tell you how I got. So 20 minutes. 20 minutes plus. Plus 20 minutes. I'm getting help from people, other people. We can't figure it out. I've got everything I need. I have the evidence. I'm looking at my guide. Nothing. I I pull the whole guide out. I can't figure out what is happening i'm examining everything i'm going to every area i'm checking all my npc dialogue because before i had an issue where i didn't complete all the dialogue trees 
So I'm checking yeah. all the d- everything's checked off. Everything's great. We're all set. It takes so long. I just start doing dialogue trees over again. Oh yeah. The Fucking checked, you have to... the checked off dialogue tree with Emma Sky. Emma, you have to fuck. do it again. Yes, I remember uh, that. Yeah, check completely checked off. Previously, the game has unchecked dialogue yeah. options when there's more behind them. Right, mm. right. It did not do that. I was so mad. Sounds like something they might have missed. In, in... I, I'm not joking around I didn't here, miss Rose. anything. I checked I... everything. <laughs> no, you didn't miss it. They pro- they might have missed yeah, taking the off. Yeah, I'm not joking right now, Rose. I literally had the same exact it's issue. It's the angriest I've ever been playing these games. I was um, I, When I saw that, I actually just went like, I'm disgusted, and then continued with the I'm, case. I was so... Like, if I had been a child or, like, a younger teen, I would... You know, I had the capability to Google stuff, but Googling didn't help me. Yeah, right. There right. was no... Everything was just like, yeah, you did everything. Like, it'll just open for you. It's funny because when Iroh and I were playing, or Iroh and Destiny and I, when we were streaming... uh, Dang, almost forgot. Well, the reason I said Iroh and me is because both Iroh and me were also looking at a guide. (laughs) Because we also had this bump in the road. (laughs) Uh, However, the weird thing is, is we also had everything checked off dialogue-wise. Uh, and the way that we got to it was by presenting the slipper to Emma Sky. I went back and checked the VOD. And that was how, uh, after presenting that, then she goes, yeah, like it, the game pauses, and then she goes, okay, yeah, it looks like there's a connection. Here's the envelope so that you can go into the Maractus Clinic. So, yeah, I am not sure what happened here. Honest, I'm genuinely un- not sure what happened here. Uh, don't know if it was a bug or if it was like uh, the game wants you to present the slipper to Emma in a certain way or at a certain time. It shouldn't and... give you the dialogue option. But but yeah, and you then the, can't but do yeah. it. <laughs> well, it so, can, yeah, it... but like it shouldn't check it off if there's more behind it. You know, right? Yeah, right. it was it was a mess. It's like they put it in as a backup op- option if people got desperate and selected that dialogue option again, but. Or or something. That's yeah. the only like I can't figure like, out optimistic resolution yeah. I can think to it. But yeah, it's it is really strange. So because I was these games get better everything. at this <laughs> over time. But yeah, you still run into the some of the bullshit of adventure games every once yeah. in a while here, and it's it's a mood killer. Yeah. I won't lie. That you was know? that was killer. beyond stupid adventure game. That was that was like that was bug territory that, yeah no that was tough i remember that i also was like very Charlie, and i like right. sat there all right yes i'm curious if other people uh who've played these games have also had this issue or if mm-hmm. if there's some like is it like oh if you go in this specific steps that's what makes this weird thing occur in this way right yeah like and they and yeah. they thought that would be a uh a one percent chance of that happening but actually, it was how most people when there did are it. Are hundreds of thousands <laughs> yeah. of people playing well, the game. Because if uh, they encourage you to talk about every dialogue option as soon as you can, and then you right. present a bunch of stuff and see if anything except for that one time gets yeah unlocked or you know checked or added, you know, and that's how you've been doing things the whole time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it yeah. just it felt like a bug, honestly. Yeah. Um, that part was super frustrating, but I also thought to myself, like, 
eh, whatever. And then, like, I, I, did got, not, I, this I did not think, eh, whatever. I was, <laughs> I was really genuinely angry. I don't like it when things don't work as intended. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. what's the fucking point? Anyways, so at that point, I'd been having, like, a, a nice, if slightly confusing time. Um, I go into the rest of the case pissed off, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Punished Venom Road. I was not yeah. happy. Now, a couple of things happened that, that brightened my experience. Um, but, you know, I was not happy for the rest of the case. I was just sort of like, <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. Uh, so one last thing just to bring up from this investigation phase then is that also you happen to see Clavier with his uh, motorcycle pull up and he says something to the effect of, oh, my, I'm, ha- I'm having issues with my motorcycle uh, because the exhaust is clogged uh, and it can't start now. So I got to take it to the shop. And that's just to drop that little factoid into your mind so that you have that for later in the courtroom case. I just had like an intrusive thought and I have to say this out loud because it's relevant. You know how uh, Clavier has, like, a necklace? Do you think he's the type of person to, like, suck on his necklace? You know what I mean? (laughs) Probably sometimes. Alright, sweet. We can move on. (laughs) So, you get into court for the final day of proceedings. Uh, When he gets really nervous. I just thought about that, too. Now you have me thinking about it. Apollo mentions that he... That ADHD problem. (laughs) Apollo mentions that he only got two hours of sleep. He's like, I went to bed at 1 a.m. And Trucy's like, oh, well, that's not too bad. When would you get up? And he's like, 3 a.m. And she's like, oh. Uh, Tough, buddy. That's a glorified nap. And as you get into court, uh, Clavier says, guess what? Our first witness is Alita Tiala. And so she pops up on stand. And we start to break down her whole testimony in which she says, well, I didn't really want to testify, but I decided that, you know, here I should tell the truth so that we get everything out in the open because I want to protect, you know, you know, my husband and get everything clear. clear Yeah, my fiance, clear, clear the board. Um, So she says that uh, Walkie was incredibly upset over the deception with Maractus and took a gun from his uh, family, from his parents, you know, since they're the mob, he got a gun and was planning to track down Maractus and shoot him. So she claims that she went to the Maractus clinic to warn him about this. Says he didn't take it seriously and she left. Yeah, that's like, all happened. She continues to be like, "I have no connection with the clinic," and then Apollo's like, "You're a fucking nurse there." I was like, she's yeah, like, yeah, you were that... a nurse there six months ago, and she's like, "Well, that was like six months ago. That's the past." And it's like, "Yeah, everything happened in the past. That's the past." Um, <laughs> so, have uh... you ever played Nace Attorney a game? We've we've dealt with we've dealt with stuff like you know, every single uh, every other case has another important case skin from the past that we got to care about. Um... So, like, she's like, oh, I guess I do have a connection, but I was only just warning him. And I was like, all right, so how'd you warn him? She's like, oh, I don't know, with, like, a gun. <laughs> like, <laughs> and like, I was like, oh, so you had access to the gun. And he was like, well, you know, well, she didn't say that. She said that, like, I don't have access to a gun. And everyone's like, you're you're the fiance of Waki Kataki. You clearly had access to a gun. He's a gangster. And everyone's like, no. And, like, it's like, yeah, you had access to a gun. You had a reason to go to the clinic. You would be in a compromised position if the Katakis found out that walk- that you knew about Waki's failed condition. 
Um, <laughs> that like first, just side tangent. Uh, Eldun turns out to be an old surgeon, and you ask him his medical opinion, and he's like, "Oh yeah, Walkie's dead. Like Walkie's literally dead. I don't know why you guys are talking to him right now. He should not be moving." <laughs> um, also, I will say, I I know this is previous investigation phase, but the animation transition from him from noodle shop owner to doctor is so, so good, good because a he takes off yes. his noodle hat which you realize then that the noodles are not his hair they're just noodles they're part of the hat so you see his regular nicely uh, combed doctor hair underneath his harmonica hanging on his neck it like falls in such a way that it instead looks like a doctor's badge like hanging around his neck right yeah uh it's just a bunch of little subtle tweaks where they just slightly change the way everything rests on his body to make him suddenly look like a super professional doctor it's a great little subtle change i laughed so hard when that happened i was literally lying on the floor laughing because i'd been so (laughs) pissed off like i think it was some of it was hysterical laughter but also just like it was so funny. I thought I I was pissed at um Mr. Noodles, Dr. Noodles, but uh I ended up thinking he was Mr. Dr. Mr. Dr. Noodles. I ended that up thinking re- he was very funny actually. That redeemed him. That it straight was up like so good. Uh made his character arc fucking worth it. Like he turns out that he used to be a doctor, but then he was put out of business by the Miractus Clinic, so he opened up a noodle stand. Yeah. Um, question mark, question so mark, uh, Alita's like, I have no reason to go there. I was like, well, if you got caught, the Kataki's would kill you. And Alita was like, well, I didn't go there. I was like, you did. We we have your shoes there. And she was like, well, I didn't do anything. I was like, well, there was you had a gun. You had access to a gun. And like, and I was like, how do you know a gun was hard? I was like, well, we found a bullet in the safe. Like, there's like every time she brought up something, there was like a clear rational explanation to it, which I guess is like how every single fucking case goes. Um, I was just trying to get through it at that point. I was like, look, I've got your shoes. I've got your footprints at the crime scene. Like, let me show you. Let me show you, everybody. Shut up. <laughs> and Alita yeah. eventually does what I like to call the Dahlia Hawthorne turn, where um, she, it turns out yeah. that she's like, obviously, I was going to marry Waka Kotaka for the money. He's a spoiled brat. I wanted cash. And Waka's like, and I knew he was going to die. So I was like. I I just wanted to marry him before he died so that I could have access to the you know uh, the sweet the sweet you know there's cash a, that his family had. There's a subplot in which the Katakis are actually going legit now. They're like getting their crime organization, and the reason that Waki had this checkup was just to have a general checkup. This was just like a fitness exam, and they go, "Hey, Waki, um, there's a bullet in your chest," and he goes, "Wait, what?" Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, and also it's great that Walkie's dad, who by the way we haven't really talked about yet, but his name is uh, Big Wins Kataki. <laughs> I so good. I love Big Wins Kataki. He is a oh, fucking amazing. He's wearing like a traditional like fucking um, Japanese attire, but over that is an apron with a fox on it, and mm-hmm. that is, the the apron is a very nice touch. Um, and he like his eyes appear to be like these dark holes because he can't see his eyes because he's the man of the night because he's a spooky mob boss. uh so yes uh you have all this stuff tying alita to like why you would want to kill maractus and all that stuff and then like you bring up a certain point of like all right we found a vase with like red on it on the walk cord is that red your blood were you fucking choked out by maractus and she goes yeah i was and then i blacked out and then everyone goes ha we knew it and then it's like wait you blacked out how'd you so what happened next and she's like i don't know i blacked out um, and then it turns out 
that um I feel am I jumping ahead here? Are we forgetting anything? I I think you're I all right. It's so. all right. We'll... All right. We'll we'll edit it in post. Um <laughs> So like what happens And by we you mean by Ben. By we mean Ben. I love you, Ben. Um uh so what happens is that uh he blacks out and then Maractus and then this is just a whole bunch of fucking subjective uh subjecture. So there's like some Con- conjecture. Conjecture. Uh where it's like, all right, well, Maractus had what he thought was a corpse. Ace attorney recap and vocabulary test. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh a bunch of conjecture about like, well, Maractus supposedly had a corpse in his room, a corpse being Alita Tiala. Uh the idea is that also, did we establish that Maractus was the one that hit fucking Phoenix? It was oh, yeah, his yes. car. He's the yeah, one that hit Phoenix. He yeah, was just he's the one who hit Phoenix. Yeah, it, totally unrelated to this case. He just hit Phoenix on the way home. Yeah. <laughs> like, it like he got on the way home and he hit Phoenix, and then uh, fucking panty snatcher hit into the same garage while trying to dodge uh, fucking Trucy while Trucy was chasing him. So he ended up in that garage, which is why he dropped his phone there. Um, fucking Maractus has a corpse in his clinic room, and he says, I have an idea. I will get rid of the body. And then he goes to his car, and his car isn't working because the panties are stuffed in the exhaust pipe. And, right. and it's like, oh no, my car isn't working. What will I do? I will steal my neighbor's noodle stand. I will <laughs> dump a bunch of the plates on the, my clinic floor. I will stuff the body, quote-unquote, body of Alita into the noodle car, and I will pull it towards the river in People Park. Mm-hmm. He does this. He does everything I just described. And then on his way to People Park, Walkie Kataki is just there. Like, he just showed up at the park with a knife and was like, right. I'm going to kill you now. And then uh, Brachius is like, please shut the fuck up. I have so much shit going on. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. And then Stickler gets involved and he's like, hey, everyone stop right now. And it is at this moment that Alito wakes up in the noodle cart and pulls out her piece and goes, I can't let this go to waste. I can't let him ruin everything. And shoots him from inside the noodle cart, which explains yeah. the positioning of the bullet in his right temple. Exactly. Alita is the true villain of this case. Well, Power Actus is, in my opinion, but, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> that's the, like, super... I think that's, like, the quickest way that we can establish everything. Um, yeah, no, you got it. You got it down. Uh, something that's very important is that while uh, we were ta- discussing the car, uh, Apollo thinks to himself, where have I seen an exhaust pipe that hasn't worked recently? And he flashes back to yesterday where... Clavier goes, yeah, my exhaust pipe isn't working. I gotta go to the shop. And like, and then Apollo's like, oh, brain blast, and then figures it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Tiala, her lose animation is very good. She has this, like, brooch on her chest, which has, like, wings attached to it to make it look like she's an angel. Uh, mm. And when you call her out on it, the wings are flapping wildly like a bird caught in a trap. <laughs> and feathers go everywhere. Exactly. Is her brooch alive? Or <laughs> like, what the <laughs> fuck are you wearing, Mitz? Uh, you know, you know, he's turning logic. <laughs> um, yes. So that is how the second day goes. There's not, an, there's not a, this actually, here's something that surprised me is that I didn't expect this. The first day of, of courtroom was essentially two segments because you had a break in between because of your criminal partner, Tracy. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and the second day, there's not two segments. You handle it in one. Scala is like, I think your only witness. And yeah. uh, you straight up accuse her of murder, like you always do. And you just uh, kind of, yeah, you blast right through kind of it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's still a lengthy segment, but yeah, there's no break. There's no recess or anything like that. You just, uh, you just keep on, on, on going through until you finally, you know, break through and uh, get her to confess. Um, and Alita eventually does because she's like, all right, so if I get out, the mob will kill me. If I go into prison, I don't know. The mob will the, kill I don't, me. The mob will probably kill me, but it'll be a lot harder, I think. Um, <laughs> and plus, they're trying to go clean. You know, they wouldn't kill me. And then, like, meanwhile, the Kotakis are, like, pulling out their knives and swords. Um, <laughs> so, Alita confesses to trying to cover this all up. She confesses to um, knowing that Waki was going to die in six months and that the reason she was going to marry him was for the cash. And then she's like, yeah, I hired you, Apollo, because I thought you were going to lose. And Apollo's like, oh, jeez. <laughs> I know. She's oh, like, damn. I really Poor thought, guy. I thought you had faith in me. And she's like, no, you idiot. I walked into a mad magician's room to hire you. It's like, oh, yeah. fair. All right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's... Uh, and one last thing, I think, to mention here about the courtroom segment before we get to the the like the wrap-up in, uh, in the lobby uh, is that... The whole time, like, Clavier is, like, not very antagonistic with you. Like, most of the time, he's just like, I just want to find the truth. He does call you Air Forehead. Yes, he does call you Air Forehead. Uh, and uh, he po- just kind of, uh, but he's, like, uh, sometimes he's even, like, a little bit encouraging of you, you know, of Apollo. And is like, yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Do you want to do a little more cross-examination and figure something out? Yeah, go ahead, buddy. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, straight up chill with it. Uh, I also like that, uh... He, it's a change of pace. He's hunched over almost the entire time, and I feel like his posture must be so fucking. He hard. does like that, yeah, that lean forward, you know, yeah. like cool guy lean forward, and yeah, it's like, oh man, that's gotta be murder on your neck, buddy. The, the only times where he interrupts seems to be when like what you're saying can't actually be proven without evidence. Like he's not being, mm-hmm. he's not doing it antagonistically. He's doing it just to be like, all right, dude, you said something, but you you do have to back this up. This is a court of law, right? Um. Love it. It's just it's just a it's just a very different uh, vibe for a prosecutor here, you know. The opposite of what you've been struggling through. I like him. Yeah, yeah. He's it's it's fun. I think he's neat. so. Yeah. So you get to the lobby and you and Trucy get to talk a little bit about the case. Walkie shows up and he's very mad at you that you put Alita into prison. Uh, he does not seem to really like grok what happened and how she was using him. And then his dad. Uh, Winfred Big Wins Kataki walks in and gets he's like listen son I'm gonna tell you what's what's up for real and he has the greatest the sickest animation, animation transition here in <laughs> like so far so far his like to describe for somebody who might not have seen this his eyes look like they're very very deep set like, like they're deep back in his head yeah and they're like yeah Heavy very shadows. sunken into his face and they're it's all black like it's completely shadowed so you cannot see his eyes but then when the animation plays here what you realize is that those are not actually his eyes they are indeed huge eyebrows <laughs> and he's got these little tiny pinprick eyes that are like almost like tiny little puppy dog eyes it's and he <laughs> it's so and cute he, and he's like 
anyway, son. And and Walkie still runs away. Rocky still uh, like he he runs out of the room and is like, I can't believe you. You know, this is he doesn't know how to emotionally handle. Yeah, it yeah. He's, he's like, I don't, I don't. He doesn't know how to deal with all this. So and, so what? Uh, turn- he's like, don't yeah. worry, it'll be okay. My son will come around. Yeah, it turns out that the reason the Walkies want to go legit is because, or like the Katakis want to go legit, is because his father <laughs> found a surgeon who's good enough to do the surgery, but they have to pay him legit cash. So that's why he's going to clean is for his son's sake. And Walkie goes, right. Walkie has what is fr- like his first serious pose. Like he's always yes, been like hunched over, also. crazy face. But like when he realizes the truth, he actually stands up and looks at his father like straight in the eye like an adult. And it's like, are you serious, old man? Uh, and that is, I think, my favorite interaction between two, like a, like a client and their friend or whatever. I yeah, love yeah, yeah. the Katakis. I think they're an amazing fucking client and i it, i love them it really helps that we're on the ds now and we have so much more room for files because now you can do one-off sprites like this yeah for emotional moments between these two characters and have it resonate you know by by having them do totally unique poses just for this one moment um it's great it's great i'm glad that we can do this kind of stuff now and and help these moments land and you don't have to you know, listen, before, like, the limitations made them be creative in some ways with some of the animations and trying to find multiple ways to use them. But uh, here it's nice to have, like, an animation for a character that you will literally see just one time, you know? It's it's very good. And it helps it land. Um, I... So, yeah. I think final thoughts about this case. I actually do really enjoy this case. Um, I think it was very interesting. All the characters were interesting. The only smidge I ha- there are two smudges on this case, two uh, mm-hmm. asterisks. One of them is the whole panty snatching uh, quest, which I found just to be trite. Um, I like. Oh, okay. What? Right. Right. He said Ben said grok earlier, and I still don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get a handle on things. I I got a grok on it now. Um, yeah, exactly. So, uh. I thought that was, like, whatever. Uh, but, yeah, I get it. This is a mid-2000s anime game. Of course, gonna do some dumb shit like this. Uh, the other asterisk was, of course, what I'd like to now call the Rose Incident. <laughs> Which I'm I will... so pissed off. I can't even judge this case fairly. Um... That's what I was about to ask you, Rose. Is it possible for you to set that aside and give an opinion on this case? I realize that's probably impossible. I mean, but how'd you feel? I agree with Tiago. The whole I found the whole like panty snatching subplot to be just in generally poor taste. Like there was one joke in there, and it wasn't. It's like a little eye rolly. Yeah, it's like it's it's. I don't. I'm not like offended by it. Yeah, I'm not offended by it or or like honestly but like if you ask me am i honestly bothered by it i'm like no but no. i'm like it's it's eye rolly you know it's like whatever they, okay. it to happen that's my thought no they could have come up easily come up with something similar and not had it be panty snatching i think if it was one joke it would have been fine yeah. but like the fact that they keep hammering yeah, it beat home that dead over horse, time like but... like trucy says i'll show you the magic these panties can do and then phoenix right is like hey listen i know i understand that you found my daughter's panties but um why the fuck are you, you still- not yeah, no. why are you still holding on to this? Yeah, like, <laughs> please. Yeah, she keeps uh, like actively like I don't Bringing know. It up. And it's yeah. like Apollo is uncomfortable, and like I was uncomfortable because I checked the ages of characters, 
And I yeah. guess, you know, whatever. Anyways, um... They put them in the game, yeah. so it's not like they're trying to hide it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But still, like, I don't know. It wasn't my favorite. Uh, I don't know. I felt... I, I don't know. Like, I had some frustrations outside of the Rose incident. Where, like, you know, I definitely, like I said, I felt like I wasn't solving the case. I felt like the game was having Trucy solve the case while Rose, like, clicked on buttons. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's, uh, the occasional frustration of, like, I know the answer, I have the evidence for it, but I have to force the game in to the point where it will allow me to present the de decisive evidence. But that's just an inherent issue with these games, so... Sure. You know, Char character wise, though, a we're feeling good about Trucy. Really liking Trucy I think so Trucy's far. Trucy's very cute. I, I want her great. to let me talk a little bit more, but I think she's <laughs> extremely cute. I like her little like bouncy animation. Uh, jury's still out. I like out. her deadpan animation yeah. too. Jury's still out on Hobo Phoenix. I like Trucy's theme song. I thought yes. that that was that was my first one where I was like, ah, and the the sort of like dramatic like serious investigation drama music is pretty good in this one now that i've heard it um feeling good yeah. about clavier then as well i'm feeling good about clavier he's it was kind of a breath of fresh air he's not hitting me with anything he's not <laughs> spilling drinks he's not on tasing me. Us. nobody's yeah. tased me yet he's not um, me to death yeah so i like him the character designs i think are I I would say overall this case and the gameplay they're in was not my favorite by any means, but I liked mm -hmm. all the characters. I thought they were fun. I thought their designs were wonderful, and that's enough to carry me on to the next case. Yeah, yeah. I... And lastly, Emma Sky then as well. I was also going to ask about her. Honestly, I know we didn't get a ton of her. Yeah, but I feel like the the bits with the science with her like. She's really grumpy when we're doing anything else, but as soon as we get back to science stuff and invest, like, you know, anything with... Yeah, yeah. yeah then I all liked, of a sudden she's super excited. It's great. I liked that she was allowing me to do science, but honestly, I was, like, a little underwhelmed by her presence. I was like, well, okay, you're just here. I'm sorry I, you're sad. Please, I, <laughs> please give me the fingerprint powder now. <laughs> she was just, like, a chaperone to, like, let you fucking... Or plastic into the ground like an yeah. article project. I'm hoping, hoping that will improve. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. I understand. Well, she's our she's detective for this case. Yeah. So, you know. She's like the gumshoe now. And like. Exactly. But she's yeah. not poor. So, like, we don't know how to make fun <laughs> of her. Um, yeah. I Overall, I, I. This isn't like my favorite case out of the Ace Attorney games, but like, I did enjoy this case. Uh, as always, every single case will always be better than Big Top Circus or whatever. <laughs> uh, but. About big top. I think this is. I think this case is even better than some other cases. I think I like this case more than the last case in game two because the last game in game, the last case in game two wasn't that exciting for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, we will. Uh, I think call it there. Then this has been a um, long one. Yeah, yeah. We, I gotta go. Got <laughs> yeah, no. I love, no worries, I no love worries, all of you. That. I have to go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We do have a hard out at at, at, at uh, late soon here, so um, that will do it for us this week, folks. You can follow the show on Twitter at Ace Attorney Pod to stay up to date on all of our latest episodes, as well as the streams and then YouTube uploads of Desi and I playing through the game. So uh, we are going to be playing through Case Three next. Uh, so if you want to watch us do that, you can do so there. 
You can follow me on Twitter at Yotzeben and uh, on co-host at Yotzeben as well. Uh, Desi, where can people find you? Uh, at Yes, this is Des on Twitter and Desi on co-host. Tiago, where can people find you? At Tiago S. Dutra on Twitter. And Rose. Uh, you can find me at Trom Arts on Twitter and at Rose Nonsense in various other locations. All right. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We hope you will rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. Uh, Next episode, like I said, we will be playing the third case of Apollo Justice, which is Turnabout Serenade. This will be a fun one. Uh, There's going to be a lot to chew chew on next time, so we hope you will join us for that uh, in two weeks. Thanks. Bye. 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 See you later. Keep it real, G. And then this is the part where we play 99 Problems by Jay-Z. Okay, if bye. I, w- I will get in trouble for that. Yeah, I don't think. <laughs> Dude, uh, play a 10-second MIDI version. If you having girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one. I got the rap patrol on the cat patrol. Foes that want to make sure my cask is closed. Rap critics to say he's money cash holes. I'm from the hood, stupid. What type of facts are those? If you grew up with holes in your zapper toes, you celebrate the minute you was having dough. I'm like, fuck critics, you can kiss my whole asshole. If you don't like my lyrics, you can press fast forward. Got beef with radio, if I don't play they show. They don't play my hits. Well, I don't give a shit, so Rap Max trying to use my black ass So advertisers could give them more cash for ads Fuckers, I don't know what you take me as Or understand the intelligence that Jay-Z has I'm from rags, the richest niggas, I ain't dumb I got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one Hit me!